0: You know, when we talk about like elevated guest experience, you're right. I think there's a stigma to it that I have to invest all this money and have all these right. this, you know, extravagant things for my guests to have an elevated experience, but that's not actually it. It's more customer service based and how we treat them and the small things that we're doing. Are you tired of wasting time, money, and color in your salon? Let's put an end to it together with SalonScale, the game-changing color management software that eliminates color waste and boosts profits. If you are ready to take control of your salon success, tap the link in our show notes to receive 10% off. Let's end our messy hairstylist ways and maximize our earnings by reducing waste together. Welcome to the Messy Hairstylist Podcast. I'm Kelsey Morris. And I'm Abby Warther. Whether you are a
1: mess literally or figuratively, we are here to help you take imperfect action to find your success as a hairstylist. So today, this morning, I actually was taking clients before we started recording. And I, for some reason, I was doing something that I do constantly in the salon. Every single client, non-negotiable, And it just hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't common sense. This is something that someone taught me a long time ago when I was working in my first salon that is a non-negotiable and sets a higher standard for my clients in the salon. So I thought this would be a fun topic to talk about certain things that we do as hairstylists that are non-negotiables, that can set the tone for a higher level service, that Mm. are just part of who we are, but we might not even think about it because we maybe were uh, lucky enough early on in our career that someone took us under their wing and they kind of gave us the the inside scoop of like, do this, do that. And it's the tiny, tiny things that nobody talks about, nobody thinks about, but you just do it because it's what you were taught long ago.
0: You following me? Yeah, I'm following. So there's so much emphasis in our industry right now on um, these more upscale client experiences, okay? And I think it's, it's weird because there's been such a shift where, we have talked about in previous episodes, it was like how to get clients in and out. Remember back in the day, Mm -hmm. it was like you just worked on as many as you can. You hurried and got it through and no one worked with assistants, but you did whatever you had to do just to get it done and make a dollar. With the, you know, I think it's a good thing because- our industry has become, I don't want to use the word prestigious, but more accepted as a like a valid career choice. Yes. And now we are holding ourselves to a higher standard yes. and having you know better guest experiences. So when you talk about this, it's really interesting to me um, to think about the little things that we do that like mm-hmm. we didn't realize just came from like our training and you know how, how we were raised in this industry. So yes. I think like the first thing that comes to mind for me, like is obviously, I think we all want our guests to have a great experience and that's like, that's important. But when, before we dive right into this topic, um, I'm wondering if there's going to be like a generational, like mm-hmm. if there's a, the seasoned stylist versus like the, in the newer stylist, like have a different perspective on this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think that's where this topic has come from. For me, just doing some things in the salon today, I'm like, oh, I just always do these. And I know that these like level up the service experience and through training stylists throughout the years of um, not just realizing that this needs to be taught certain Mm -hmm. things or they're important to me to be taught. And um, yeah, I, I think that maybe some things are missing the mark, but then sometimes like you said, we're looking at elevating the guest experience while well, I feel like these days that's looking like this is more expensive now. What are we doing to spend money to elevate the guest experience? But mm. I think this conversation is going to be fun because this topic is going to bring out what are the small things that we do, the tiny details that show that we are an elevated stylist that do not cost any extra mm. money, that Love are that. just the, the upscale Experience, like yes. the difference between going to a fast food restaurant and a fine dining restaurant, there's small little things that they do that make you feel fancy. Yes, I and what I do we do? That
0: and I love that you said it's like small things. So you know when we talk about like elevated guest experience, you're right. I think there's a stigma to it that I have to invest all this money and have all these right. this you know, extravagant things for my guests to have an elevated experience, but that's not actually it. It's more customer service-based and how we treat them and the small things that we're doing. The, so, the details, yeah. Totally, totally, yes. totally. And so I think that this is a great topic for people who may be, you know, um, struggling with that concept mm-hmm. of an elevated guest experience. And look, we're here to tell you, you don't have to invest a ton of money into it no. to make your guests have a great experience. These are just some small things you can do
1: and you also don't need the newest prettiest brand spanking new salon yes to have this you don't all yes it helps uh, if you've worked yourself up to that but we don't need to start that okay so let's get into it all okay, right let's get ready. into here what are go. some of the things that we do do you want to spit out your first one or do you want me i want you to spit out your first one i'm so interested okay so my first one and there's going to be some of you that are like uh yeah oh, i think with all of these yeah, I do that every single time. That's not a big deal. Like, duh. Tell you. It's a big deal. And I'm going to follow this up with a story on why. So the number one thing that I do on every single guest of mine that is getting hair colors, especially always a base color is when I am done. Well, first two parter one, why I'm applying base color. I am working so hard to apply it to just their front hairline and not halfway down their forehead. Yes.
0: Oh my okay. gosh, it drives me nuts.
1: Yes, that's something that had to be taught to me when I was a younger stylist. Mm-hmm. Same. And then, number two is when you are done, even if you have the cleanest application, you clean up that hairline. Right. You do not let that client walk out with the dark stain around their forehead. So, again, this might be something that a lot of stylists are like, well, yeah, that's a no brainer, but it's not. I've worked with many hairstylists that just leave their clients a mess. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. And, um, I I will always remember this. This was many, many years ago when I worked in a commission salon. I had a brand new client in my chair, but she was not a brand new client to the salon. Mm. She was She was going to another stylist there. And I can't remember who it was. She sat in my chair. Her hair looked great. So I'm not really sure why she's wanting to switch over to me. And she said, I'll tell you the truth on why I wanted to start coming to you. Every single time I leave the salon, I have hair color all over my forehead. It's staying so bad and it's there for days. And I noticed that you are a very clean colorist.
0: Yes. Yes. That's so good. You know, I, I've seen a couple stylists in my past and have you noticed that this is, it's a very simple fix, right? It's just a brush flip. If you, Mm -hmm. if you do your brush sideways, it leaves like a line out, like a line out. If you turn it so it's parallel with the face shape, mm-hmm. like it's such an easy, it's such an easy fix. But you're right, and once that color stains, okay, color removes color can only go so far. Let's be honest, you know everybody <laughs> yeah. knows the trick: color <laughs> removes color. Okay, if you don't know, what I'm talking about it's where you get your client in the bowl and you take the color around their face and rub it, okay, because color yeah. removes color, so it kind of comes before off you skin. shampoo. Before yeah. you shampoo, so uh-huh. it's you know, okay. But it can only do so much if you have it I on their that. cheekbone. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, that's only going to happen so much. And then those color stain remover stuff that's on the market, that hardly works. So you're mm-hmm. kind of trapped. Mm-hmm. So this is a small shift to turning of your brush and just being really careful around the face.
1: Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I love that. And here's the thing: the color removes color and staying clean probably has more to do with back in the day, they didn't have color remover right. solutions. So they had to do all the tricks beforehand. Did I ever tell mm-hmm. you at the time where a client of mine would stain so bad, even though it was so clean, um, she would bring in soft scrub. Did I tell you that? No. I'm no. not joking. <laughs> She would bring in a travel bottle of like soft scrub toilet bowl cleaner with bleach in it. Yeah, that does it. And she was like, can you use this to remove the color? This is the only thing that works on me at home. She would go home and remove it. And again, I was already really clean, but she was like a level two. And it was just like on those little hairline pieces where there was some gray you had to get. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I cannot put that on your skin. So she would bring it with her and she would do it herself in the salon. I was like, like, bleaching your skin out. Yeah. Okay. I have a, con- I have a confession. Oh God. Okay. You just make me nervous sometime. Oh my God. I well, time out. I just saw on the back of someone's car, a big sticker that was like, um, something like always bringing the sunshine, even though I'm a hurricane.
0: And oh, I'm like, I need that. Crazy. I know. Oh my gosh. I need that. How do we find that? I'm gonna look on Amazon. I need that bumper sticker. I need I've that. I've never as a t-shirt. seen that
1: saying before. And I'm like, that
0: is Kelsey, hurricane mm, Kelsey. I love, I love it. it. Okay. okay. here's my here's my confession. Okay. Yeah. H- have you ever tried Windex as a color remover? Oh my God. No. It if works I won't so use well. soft scrub, I won't use Windex. So okay. I'm not gonna lie. I don't do it anymore. Okay. That's good. That's but good. there was a time period when my assistant, she knew if I said, could you get the color remover? No, go in the back, spray Windex on a towel and bring it out. I thought when I first started telling that soft
1: scrub story, I saw the color drain from your face.
0: <laughs> I was like, you're like, oh no, I've done this. Is this not okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> What's
1: that? Okay. I haven't done that in a while. that one.
0: You know, ever since I made the, the brush brush shift, we're all good. I don't have any situations. We don't need Windex.
1: A Windex free color application. Correct. Correct. Okay, yes. all right, so what's something that you do in the
0: salon? That's okay. like a non-negotiable and up levels your experience. Okay, what's one thing I do in the salon? Okay, you kind of mentioned it and I'm kind of stealing it <laughs> because it's like so important. yeah, um actually not you you said you never ask your guests to hand you foils. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. we might differ on that.
1: Cause I was like, does Kelsey do that?
0: No, okay. I am such a hard no on that. Like yeah. the hardest of hard no's. Good. And, and sometimes to the point of like, I have a hard time like asking, my, and, and we talk about this when we're teaching balayage, like you can move, have your guests move their head like certain ways. Like sometimes I'm even like, I just want them to like sit there and not like think about anything. So number one, I'm not asking them to hand me foils. Right. That drives me nuts. Yes. And number two, I'm like, I try to keep them as comfortable as possible without like shifting ahead and, you know, just... There has been a couple times I will say this when because I'm so short that I've had to have them like slouch down a little bit in their chair. That's different, but that's, that's different, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, and I tried. I try really hard to when I'm foiling around the face to like not have it directly on their face for an extended mm-hmm. period of time. Like mm-hmm. I cannot stand i guess i'm giving you two things right now so no handing foils but this is also about foils i cannot stand after you are done foiling a client and they just leave their foils like directly on their face Mm -hmm. like facing forward like all you have to do is this a simple bend up look i'm showing you right now like i know get everything forward and then you just crinkle your like bend your foil back and they have a clearer view like I'm, yes. how miserable is it to have tinfoil smushed on your trapped face in
1: around your face? Yeah. You oh, can't so see blinders on like you're a horse, you know, can't yes. stand that. They hate it. They no. hate it.
0: I know yes. that clients do not like it. I've been told that a hundred times. Thank you for bending my foils back so I can actually see. Thank you.
1: Yes, that is what it is, is whatever you find that you get a thank you on. This is something that is um, a guest experience that is important. Important to them. Whenever I remove color, they're like, thank you, especially when it's a new client. They say it just like that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Because they've walked away stained before. Right. And same thing with the foils. It's that's what this conversation is about, is these tiny little things that make them more comfortable that also show that you know what you're doing and you know right. what makes people comfortable and you're gonna go the extra step to do that. I agree. I think that sometimes either people who have not been trained um with that type of idea or newer stylists, they are just leaving their clients in an uncomfortable state, like with all yeah. the foils. I also Absolutely. used to get compliments back in my extreme foiling days. I would make my foils look so clean and precise in lines. And, and it was like origami on the head. It looked really good. I can
0: only, that is so on brand for you. That is so on brand for you. Oh, I annoying. can only picture yeah. it. And so you're telling me that they would like comment on your placement. Like- How pretty my placement was. Yes. <laughs> so proud. Like, thank you. But, uh, but even though
1: it's like really annoying, but what that was showing, especially when I was a younger stylist in my twenties, I had these clean organized sections and everything was folded pretty. That was before Instagram. I would have had a hundred thousand followers in two seconds on Instagram back then, if I would have shared that stuff, but, um, They would be like, "Oh my gosh, that looks so cool." They they just noticed it, and so they also that shows that I was paying attention to detail in just the color application. So it made them feel more confident.
0: Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I wonder. I'm not saying it all. These yeah, I was going to say, I wonder wonder what my guests are 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 thinking when Hurricane Kelsey comes in with like their flaws, like. Well, it's not like, like that now with like, I know, we talk about I know episode, it's like more c- custom, custom color yes. but back
1: when you're putting everything up to the root, yes. it was all foil pattern. Yeah. That yes. was Absolutely. something back then. But I think back then I used to work with a stylist that <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Every foil she put in the head, she would kink it. So they stuck oh. straight out from the head.
0: Like, it was the oddest thing. And they looked, or they just like, have you ever seen a stylist that like went it. in and scrunched it in and you're like, it's That's, like a crunkled up foil. And you're like, what is that? Yes. And, and how back can that then, process effectively? No,
1: they probably didn't. They just smushed. That was before people toned a bunch. They would just like smush all the base color in and call that a toner. And, but that, those were the stylists that were already in the industry for 20 years that had to learn how to foil, you know, mm, mm-hmm. 10 years into their career. They didn't foil when they started. So okay. All right. So now is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Um, I had a couple and you stole one. So I did from that
0: one. I've got another really good one. So p- you do. Okay. You good. said the other
1: good while I think of I can't remember what the other one was that I said. Okay. So you said the All other right.
0: one. so I am OCD about a clean cape to the point mm-hmm. where, okay. So like, say you are, you know, um, free handing, not, it doesn't even have to necessarily be. So I'll do a lot of, of clients where I foil or will paint, but then I, everything that's left out, tip it out. Yeah. Um, and then if it like touches their cape and they have like lightener on their cape, after I shampoo them, I immediately take off that cape and put on a clean one, like Love every that. single time, because you know, the, the, When they see that messiness all around them, like think about that, their their hair, they're thinking it's going to get on their hair. It's just not a good look. So when I see another stylist who brings their client back from the bowl and their cape is just covered in lightener, you know, whatever, it just, that gives me severe anxiety. I'm like, Oh, what are they? That that can't be. That doesn't feel right. Just a tiny little detail that bothers me.
1: I like that because then even like leaving that, then you have to worry: is that is that? Because sometimes it can still seep through those color tapes yes. and get onto yes. their clothes, get and, onto
0: their clothes, or touch the hair yes. that's are, that's clean. Get on their yeah the adjustments, so. and that's uncomfortable.
1: Okay, so another thing that I have realized that is a up-leveling type thing that I do in the salon that I don't even think about is it's a two-parter. And it's actually interesting because I kind of went away from it for a little bit and then realized, why am I doing this? This is stupid. I was taught very early in my career that you are never, never, never to apply any sort of hair color with a bottle ever. Mm. And there was a reason behind this. So all the salons I worked in, even though though I knew it'd be faster with a bottle, um, all that kind of stuff the reason why I was taught that early in my career was that is like box color. And if clients are coming in, because they apply with a, with a bottle with box color. So if they're coming into the salon, we need to show the elevated service of applying with a, a bowl and a brush instead of a bottle, because back then there were also some styles that still were applying actual base colors with a bottle. Okay.
0: I see. I could see that just the ends. Cause I was like, I bet I'm a little bit different on this um, because I mean, I would never apply a base color with no. a bottle, but ever. a toner, but I could not tone without a bottle.
1: Right. I, I could did not. you see, I made a uh, reel about how I'm now went back to not using bottles anymore, even for toners. Once I started using salon scale and yeah, realized but also
0: you don't use shades EQ,
1: right? I, I'm telling you with salon scale, have you, have you measured your bottle after you tried to squirt everything out of there and see the waste? Uh, Yes. Yes.
0: So I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That's what it's about.
1: It's wasting money down the drain and salon scale taught me that.
0: You know what? I'd like to dive into this topic, but this Mm -hmm. is the topic that I was going to bring to you for next week, which is hilarious that we're talking about it right now. But so I'm going to save that, but there is a reason why I use a bottle. And okay. I can explain it better when we talk about this, All right. but you will throw it I down over bottle versus would not no do what I do without a bottle. So okay. we'll save that for next I, week. I do understand that. And I do think that, that if you're at a chair with your guests and you're applying a base color with a bottle, I, I could see where that would yes. translate to box color. So,
1: yeah. And I also, I think I have really strict people training me early in my career and in school. Also, I was not allowed to use clippers for men's haircuts, um, guards. I could only do clipper over comb
0: or shear over comb. Yeah, it was hell. It was awful. Wow, that sounds like the worst case scenario.
1: Yeah, it was a worst case scenario, but I can do it. I bet you're, I really, good it, okay. you're really good at it. I'm okay. I'm a little rusty. I haven't done it in a while. And then on that topic also, I went to an Aveda Institute. They did not let us use flat irons. What, did you use curling irons or just blow dryers? No. We had to blow dry. That was back when everyone wanted straight hair. Um, We had to blow dry everything as straight as we could. So remember we talked about how I'm good at round brushing? Yes. There you go. No wonder. Because I wasn't allowed to use guards. I wasn't allowed to use a flat iron.
0: Nothing. Okay. It feels like you went to hair school um, in a totally different time period than I did. No. Which as we've talked about, you are older um than me. I'm so much older. I know. So those yes. three years clearly matter. Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> I do. I'm confused. I did. I did it was a very strict school. And then um I had really good training with my first salon that and they were strict too. I, I don't know. I think it's the Aveda thing. Yeah. I mean, you I know. Hate
0: it. All right. Here's mm-hmm. my here's my last one. Mm-hmm. This is for this is a small little ups upsell. And again, if you don't have to put them bunch of money into this, I would highly suggest investing in a towel warmer. If you don't have a towel warmer, you can get one on Amazon for less than $100. It is life-changing investment for me. And every time, not only do I put a nice, you know, when we double drape, remember double drape from hair school? The word, the, yes. the lingo, double drape. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. gosh! Um. Anyways, when I'm double draping, so I bring my nice warm towel out around the, put it around their neck before I put a cape on, and they're always like, "Oh, that feels so that I love that warm towel." I'm like, "Yes, you do." Mm-hmm. And then when I go back to rinse them out, um, rinse their color out in the bowl. I take a nice warm towel from my warmer and I lay it down where their neck will hit when they lay into the bowl. And every single time they're like, that warm towel is everything or that it feels so good. I love to lean back on that warm towel. It's like the small, I, I used to get annoyed. I want to go on record saying this. So all my hairstylists here at the Sydney co that came from a different salon, they had a towel warmer. I hadn't had one yet. It annoyed me how many towels they were using per guest. I'm like, do you honestly need to use a warm towel under their cape, a towel under their neck at the shampoo bowl, then a towel, a warm towel, you know, rinse them? They're like, yeah. And so one day I was like, fine, I'll try it. I'll just try it. You they know, let's just see what happens. They love it. Now yes. I can't go back. Now you're stuck. So I know. I'm stuck. So I'm just stuck using four towels per guest.
1: <laughs> you am a lot of laundry.
0: <laughs> it's so worth it because
1: they love it. I agree. And I'm glad that you're saying this because there are so many things that we do as hairstylists that can level up your service that sometimes we just like stop doing for no reason. It just slowly phases out. And that's one of them. I was known for my hot towel treatments um, even in the education space, like people were asking me, how do you do this? Like it was mind boggling to them. And, but what I used to do is after the conditioner was on, wrap it completely around their head and let them sit there for a Ooh. minute or two. And that's super. And so my clients love that. We actually would get referrals based off of the hot towel treatment and you stopped it. Yeah. Cause I'm a moron. Yeah. I'm done.
0: Wow. I know. That's so
1: interesting. I know. And so we still have it. Um, but I feel like when I went hourly, I was like concerned about not taking up extra time for I them. Think so. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. You know? And so I'm like, you know what, here's what I might do. Cause also I use K18 a lot now. So there's no, like you put that on and it sits on for four minutes. There's no rinsing. So I'm not doing that hot towel thing, which I probably still could, but I'm going to try that under the neck. My clients will love that. Oh, it's where it's at. They will. Well, here's that. the thing. And also report back, is- please. This is coming from my Aveda training. Like uh, we had to do hand and arm massages on every single client. Wow. Okay. Anyone that's a knows what I'm talking about. You every single time when your client's conditioner was sitting, you had to come around to the front where they're sitting at the shampoo bowl and do a full blown hand and arm massage on every single client.
0: Okay. I mean, that sounds like heaven as a client, but as oh, they a loved it. I oh loved my gosh. It. I don't blame I hated you. Hated it.
1: You're working hard all day. You're doing this hand and arm
0: massage. It's your hands just, already hurt.
1: Yes, and it just feels awkward. I don't want to touch hands. No,
0: I agree. I don't. I would hate that as a stylist. I, I, would, I, I hate
1: did that. hate it, but I had to do it for many, many years, and that I'm was so part of you. You would do the hot towel treatment. You would do the hand and arm massage, but then if somebody was getting just a haircut, you had to do a head, neck, and shoulder massage before the haircut. Wow! I know. Everyone that's a beta, I if you're listening to this and you are a Veda trained, please DM me so I can not feel alone and just say me too. Me too, girl. Me
0: too and you but you've gone to away and some of those.
1: Oh, all of that. And we had to do makeup touch-ups at the end of the service.
0: What? So you had like yes. makeup on standby? Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: Yep. You had to do a little blush, you had to do a little um sometimes a little eyeshadow, a little lip. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: Do you think Get they it. still do these things in Aveda salons? Like That's still- what I want to
1: know. I need someone to report back to me if that is still part of the culture. It was a huge part of the culture. They're hot tea, um, uh, head, neck, and shoulder massage with haircuts, with the peppermint oil. Um, and then if they got color, hot towel, hand and arm massage with a hand relief lotion. So you could sell that too. It's all about selling the things, right? Yeah. And then the makeup and selling the makeup.
0: That's what it's about. I'm- it's kind of mind blowing to me. I don't, I know, I don't, you know, I like the idea. So listen, if you were creating a super upscale vibe, I could see, I could see the experience. One of those things. One, maybe not all because that's exhausting. No, and no, exhausting. And And to be honest, like, I think it's hard to have. Without an assistant. Yeah. And have stylists who are going to want to do that. Nobody did Consistently. No one wants mm-hmm. to do it. So that's hard. Nobody. No.
1: So, okay. I just love this. So I hope that this episode gets people thinking about what do I do? If I feel like my guest experience is is lacking, I'm going to guess you're probably doing some things and just kind of like lean into those double down on those and, and just be more consistent with those before you start thinking, I need to start offering champagne. I need to renovate my whole salon. I need to get new chairs. Like people don't care about that. They want the experience. They want the details. They want to know that you know what you're doing off of those little details and they're going to walk away. That's where referrals come from. Agree, Right there.
0: 100% agree.